This week's episode of the Fat Packs Podcast is brought to you by the Collectible Card Club, Monster Breaks, and all our phone guests appear on the Spotty Hot Cash Hotline. And we are back. I am Eric. He is Eldar. This is the Fat Packs Podcast brought to you by the Collectible Card Club, Spotty Hot Cash over there on the Spotty Hot Cash Hotline, and Monster Breaks. What's going on, Eldar? Not much, man. Um, just getting ready for Christmas. Yeah. Um, reading these new comic books and uh, just, just living, man. Just getting ready for the holidays. How about you? I'm, uh, well, you know. Typically, just a little little insider information. We usually record. I love on, insider information. Uh, we record these on Wednesdays. Yeah, and they get released on Thursdays. Yeah, right. So it's it's Thursday today. Right. We're cutting it kind of close to the close to the knife there, close to the band hammer, yes. as it will. Right. Yes. Um. And it was just because um you you didn't want to do a solo show yesterday. I, I had to I had to take the day off. But, sure. But we're here. We're gonna make it. We're, we're gonna here. put it out there on Thursday. We don't we don't skip a beat. And I'm uh, I'm glad that we didn't do a solo show so we can talk about the things we want to talk about. Also, this is gonna be a good show. We, we have our cool stuff. We have our intern in the house. Probot. Probot. Not his name is Probot. Probart. And we'll, he'll introduce himself later. Yes, he but will. but we called him Pobot, so that's what he's going to. That's what he's going to get now. What, uh, would you be angry if, like, twenty years from now, you're looking at the podcast scene? You're already retired. You're a trillionaire. It's fine. I don't know. I'm a trillionaire. Okay. Trillionaire. You, All right. You, yeah. You've, you've done very, podcasting. You've done very well for yourself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you are the new Joe Rogan times ten. You are the bro Oprah. The bro Oprah. The bro Oprah. You and, get. No, All right. Pobot is like the biggest podcast sensation <laughs> after you. He's like your direct competitor, and you're the, like, oh, I should have oh, squashed him at that moment. So here's the thing: we're talking about names, and I obviously. I butchered his name. We got two uh, people in the room with weird names. Yeah, you do. Eldar, so Captain Eldar, and and and, and Pobot. Oh, you know like a real show. This is <laughs> this is happening right now. We have Captain Eldar and Ensign Pobart. Ensign Pobart. <laughs> so there Pobart. we go. It's terrible. Uh, I love it. Uh, Eric. So what happened? I just yeah. in case you didn't know, you didn't see the announcement. Anybody out there? I got I got a new gig at 105. I saw that. It's I saw a part time gig. I'm not leaving Beckett. I want everybody to know that. Yeah. I don't want to overstate things, but I got a gig there. Yeah. As a board op production thing, production thing. I saw right. I saw your I saw your selfie. Uh, yeah. I told you congratulations. Really congratulations. Yeah, that's I'm, awesome. I'm very that's happy really good. about it. So on night one, Monday night was my first night there. Yeah. And. Uh, Corey Majors, who I love, I've known for a few years now. He's a great yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, your friend you told me. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's like, we got to give him a nickname now. And he came up with Rico. Your name is Rico? No, that's not what they went with, but that's what he came up with, Rico. Oh, why? I don't know. So we got to do better than Rico, I think. Yeah, we're going to have to do way better than do Rico. way better than Rico. All right, uh, let's get into this. This is our uh, end of the year shows. Yeah. So uh, what we do here is, if you've been listening to the, to the program for for this duration, uh, you know that we run out the best of Beckett, uh, best of the Fat Packs yes. for the end of the year. So we're going to set up three new or three interviews that we did during 2018. Got a cool interview coming up. Um, when was this one recorded? Dan Pashman it was before was, my time. Yeah, it, Dan Pashman uh, was back in February, I believe. He is the host of Sporkful, yep. and you're eating it wrong. He is a huge podcaster. He got a huge influence out there. So uh, yeah, we, check were, them out. we were lucky enough to have him on the show, and I'm really blessed to be able to to bring this to you again if you missed it the first yeah, time. Yeah, I, I, I will be honest and forthcoming here. I haven't absorbed the entire uh, 298 episodes prior to my uh, sure. inclusion on the podcast. Sure. I don't have that kind of time. I understand. Like nobody does. Right. So, but I'm so, excited for this one, man. It's going to be cool. So, Dan, we're going to replay the Dan Passion interview, but we have we do have new content that we want to get to. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of do. new product and pricing, I'll go ahead and start with sports if you don't mind, buddy. Let's go. So, new pricing wise, we have uh, Goodwin Champions is now priced for you, and you also have uh, the wonderful. Uh, 
wonderful wonders of Topps Triple Threads. I like Top Triple Threads, so uh, please go check that out. Excuse me, on your in your OPGs and uh, if if you subscribe to the baseball OPG, yep, yep. Uh, new pricing wise, uh, I'm sorry, new products wise, 1819 Panini Revolution basketball is out this week. Uh, Leaf Metal Draft baseball is out this week. Contenders blasters are are out. Uh, Panini Elite Extra Edition baseball mm-hmm. is out. Uh, Panini Playbook is out. That's a great foot. Then that's an incredible looking product. Tops Transcendent uh, Collection, and, you know, if you have the money to spend on that, I think it's about 27 k a box. 27 k a box. Oh, yeah. my God. That's uh, still, that number still gets me. It's out there. And so that's that's like the huge one out. But in reality, the one that everybody's going to be chasing is 2018 Bowman Draft Baseball. That's out for your pleasure as well. So uh, this week, anyways, for you to go uh, pick up, and that's going to be a big hitter on the Beckett Marketplace, awesome. as you can assume. So uh, what do you got in comic book world? I got some pretty cool stuff going on, um, not just in comic books, but it was actually really genuinely, I know it's my catchphrase, but it was genuinely a great week to be a geek because okay. not only, okay, so here are the five comics I pulled that I think everybody should read this this week. Uh, we have Batman Annual number three. Uh, that one's getting some pretty high praise. It's a um, Alfred Pennyworth story. Uh, Detective Comics 994. I always like the uh, Detective Comics ramp-ups to their 1,000th um, episode. That's where they save like their best content sure. for the last, I think. The new Flash is really good. Um, uh, basically, he's meeting a new Speed Force wielder. Uh, Wonder Woman number 63 um, is also doing really well. It's got uh, pretty high sales on that, 2,883 sales in uh, its first day out on the market. And, of course, the Avengers number 11. Now, I wanted to get into some other stuff because some really cool stuff kind of happened in the geek world. Uh, the, Aven- the Avengers Infinity War number 2 Endgame uh, trailer was released. I thought it was a little bit not subpar, but it was a little bit uh, calm. Okay. But that's out now. Um, and... Also, um, X-Men Dark Phoenix. Um, mm. uh, just wanted to give a shout-out to that movie. You really want to see. Can't wait to see that one. And um, as far as collecting goes, um, I would recommend everybody, if you if you had the opportunity uh, for Funko um, collectors out there, uh, My Hero Academia just unveiled two exclusive new figurines of um, All Might and um, Baby Deku. And those, I can... I can kind of see how those would ramp up in value because there's not a whole lot of um, My Hero Academia pops. So if you ever yeah. see those out there, maybe at like a movie trading company or just like a little geek store, definitely pick those up. I can see those spiking in value. So, so, so with Funko, I want to mention something. That yeah. We have a really unique box busters coming up. Uh, mm. <laughs> my friend Matt up there, the, non- the non-sport and gaming analyst, uh, yeah. he he picked up some... <laughs> some cousin Eddie, and some uh, oh now what's his um, Christmas what Carol? Come on now, cousin Eddie and Chevy Chase's character. Ah, it's familiar. Clark, Clark, Clark Griswold. I don't. I can't. I completely pops. So, yeah, no, he picked up the cereal. Oh, what? So, so yeah, there's there's Clark. How do you even find that? I, I believe he ordered them. They were, so I think they weird. were Target exclusives, I, I think. Okay, so cool, he, cool. He, he picked up a couple of those boxes. Oh, it's which, topical, and, too. I like and it. And they have pops at the bottom of the box. Oh, really? So we are going to do... This going to be such a cool live stream. Yeah, I hope you guys like to watch fat people eat. So <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's really what's going to happen. Uh, and, and then also, one other thing that I wanted to, to mention is I haven't seen them yet, 
but we have them over in our area. I don't know, yeah. and I'm, I want to be completely honest with you. I don't know anything about the sport. Okay. But disc golf. Do you know anything about disc golf? Uh, I actually played a match once. You at played like a park? Yeah, it was uh, actually kind of fun. Very active sport. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of uh, a lot of parks, surprisingly, in the uh, Hurst Dealers Bedford area have yeah. disc golf um, like like okay. holes set up. All right. It's fun. What about it? So they have a card set now. They've had they've produced them for the last. That sport doesn't need to go professional, couple, but that's fine. A couple of years, right? So, but there is a professional disc golf league, and they oh, they sent us some disc cards, disc golf cards to open. Okay. So we're gonna open those up as well. I'm to be honest with you, I, I after what I just said, I think it'd be funny if you just have me on the camera, like, okay, I guess I'm doing this. <laughs> so I don't know much about it, but I don't I'm, either. I'm going to learn. It's very recreational. I, I I was under the impression that disc golf and like wall ball were like in the same league. Okay, <laughs> but uh, either way, that's cool, man. That's good to know. Nothing wrong with wall ball. I haven't played wall ball in forever. But... I still have this one. Never mind. <laughs> so all right, that's that's new products, new pricing awesome. on the comic book side and on the sports card side. We're gonna set up this interview again with Dan Pashman. I had the pleasure of speaking with him earlier this year. Uh, this is uh, basically so you, if you listen to the show. The last three weeks are usually of the year are usually uh, my favorite interviews that I've done this. The best of. The best of. Best so of. Very cool. That's what you're going to get here. But please don't tune out because you're going to get new content too. On the back end of that Dan Pashman interview, we're going to come back with a little bit of Becca Whatevs. Google has released their top searched items for 2018, our top searched terms in 2018. We're going to break that down. Mark Jackson. He's back in the news for, for something that is not his, really his fault. And oh, then, I love this story. This then, is so fun. Okay. We also have uh, uh, Instant Pobart going to jump on. He's going to introduce himself, and uh, we're going to uh, learn a little bit about him. And we, we have butchered his name. Yeah, we've completely butchered his name. <laughs> we, have we don't mean to. Send it to slaughter. Uh, yeah. All right. So uh, hang tight, Dan Pashman, and then Beckett Whatevs. We'll be right back. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to the Fast Pack. All right, guys, we're back after that quick break, and this is a time that we've all been waiting for, especially our boss, Brian Fleischer. He is the, the biggest Sporkful fan that I know of, and he his little his little uh, foodie head is uh, popping popping out, but this it's not for foodies. We're for eaters here. So Dan Pashman joining us on the podcast. What's up, Dan? How are you doing? Good. How are you, Eric? Thanks for having me. Man, I'm excited that you're here. Uh, and that's not that's not a lie. My my direct manager, his name is his name is Brian. He has been going crazy about this all week. He won't stop talking about it. So, uh, well, I, I'm I'm happy to be a part of you kissing up to your boss. <laughs> I appreciate that, uh, <laughs> and, and thank you for recognizing those skills. Those are those are uh, kind of tough to come by sometimes. No, but. totally. I, I I in the high school yearbook I won teacher's pet, and so I completely understand uh, where you're coming from. It's an important skill in life. It is an important skill. <laughs> uh, it's it's how we all make it through life. But let's talk about uh, yeah. let's, let's talk about why you're here. Um. Obviously, your podcast is amazing, but we're going to talk sports before we get into that. We are yeah. a collectible show, and my my friend John Finkel told me that you are a huge, huge sports fan, and I, we were just talking off air. It turns out you're a huge Cubs fan. How'd that happen? Yeah, I mean, I grew up uh, in the same town as John, actually, uh, as a Yankees fan, and I still like the Yankees, but... Um you know, I sort of came of age in the late 90s when the Yankees kept winning one World Series after the next. And then I moved to Chicago within walking distance of Wrigley Field and started, I figured, oh, I'll adopt the Cubs as my National League team. Started going to more and more Cubs games. And this was before the Cubs had won anything. And, um, you know, coming from the Yankees culture where 
anything short of a World Series victory is failure. And then coming to a go to a Cubs culture where making the playoffs is a reason to literally shut down the streets around the ballpark and dance and sing in the streets. Um, it's just such a different mentality. And I realized I had this sort of realization that like a lot of being a sports fan is about expectations, and the most memorable moments as a sports fan are the times when your team exceeds expectations, when it surprises you or does something you didn't think was possible. And if, you, if, if the goal or the expectation at the beginning of every season is that we're going to do the best possible thing we can do, which is win the World Series, then you never get that feeling of like, oh, my God, I can't believe this happened. <laughs> um, you know, and, and when you're a Cubs fan, you get that almost every time they win. <laughs> Right, that's true. <laughs> and so, uh, and so, I really got sucked into that culture, the Cubs fan culture. And um, again, nothing against the Yankees; I'll still pull for them when they're on. Um, but I, I definitely, you know, adopted the Cubs wholeheartedly and moved back to New York and was at a Cubs bar in the city for Game Seven last year uh, until the wee hours of the morning, and uh, it was a lot of fun, very memorable. It's uh, I, as I'm not a Cubs guy, but I remember WGN and the day games on. Uh, on WGN here in the South, and they, they've never really been my team, but they're, they're, I've kind of quietly been a closet Cubs fan because I remember watching them so much growing up because I would skip school, or no, my mom didn't hear that. She doesn't listen to this anyways. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I'd skip school or whatever and come home, and they'd be on WGN, and there I am watching the Cubs. So uh, I can completely empathize with your uh, Cubs affiliation there. Chicago's a great city too, man. Um, great places to eat. What, oh, yeah. What's your best? What's your favorite place to eat in Chicago? Oh my gosh! I mean, favorite place to eat in Chicago? Don't say Giordano's. I I don't like that place. No, I'm not a big fan of Giordano's. Uh, if I was going to go deep dish pizza, I like a place called Bacino's. Okay. Um, that I think is really delicious. I know that like you know most Chicago natives kind of frown on deep dish pizza. They think it's like a tourist thing, but right. I think that it's really delicious. <laughs> um, and, and and there's also arguments over whether or not it should be considered pizza. There's the New York contingent doesn't think it should be called pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, I love a good Italian beef dipped mm. in the juice. I mean, mm. that's just like you can't ever go wrong with that. Um, I love like there's great Polish food in Chicago. Like there's a place called Podolanka that has like just the most hardcore, authentic Polish food dumplings. I love the dumplings with Maggie sauce on them. That was actually the first time I ever had Maggie sauce, which I talk about on the Sporkful podcast. I love Maggie sauce. you got to get the one from Europe that has the MSG in it because right. it's way better. Right. And that the first time I ever had that was at Podolanka in Chicago. And so a lot of good food there. Very nice. Um, we we always end up at the Rosemont Center, which is, you know, in Rosedale, obviously. It's not quite Chicago. and then But right across the street is Gibson's, and that's one of the best steakhouses I really enjoy that place a lot because you can get a a prime rib sandwich for eleven ninety nine. I think that's a great great deal. <laughs> right, that, that is. Yeah, that, that's a lot less than what it costs at Yankee Stadium. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, did you collect cards as as a kid growing up? Or oh you, yeah, you just... oh yeah, big time. So, I was like obsessed with it. So that that's what we're all about here at, at the Fat Packs Podcast. What do you remember the first pack of cards you ever bought? Ah, uh, the first pack. That's I don't a, know. I remember literally the first pack. I, I can definitely, like, if you showed me the different tops cards, I could still, to this day, tell you the year based on the design. I could picture the 86 cards with the mm-hmm. black top and the, the team names written, those sort of, like, you know, um, 
uh, like triangular fonts, and then there was the 87 tops with the wooden background. Right. You know, uh, the 85 had the name in the rectangle at the bottom, and I was like just getting into it in 85, I would say. Like uh, 84 was, you know, was the white background with the vertical name, sure. uh, team name. And those I didn't have that many of because it was a little before my time. Like my at 85, I started to get into it. And then I would say my most obsessive years of baseball collect, car collecting were like 86 through 90 probably. Um, but I had the binders and I would sort them and I got my Beckett, you know, uh, uh, price guide. And I would, you know, once a car was worth a dollar or more, that's when it gained special status for me. That's when it would get to go in a plastic envelope, you know, and I would have a little, like, um, adhesive label sticker to put on the thing that would write the price on. And then periodically I would go through all the cards and update the values of all of them. And I had my hard plastic cases for the most cherished cards, like the Ricky Henderson rookie card. Of course. Um, or, or whatever it was, and those were in the hard plastic. And then as I got more into collecting and saved up some money, and I had a, a, a batch of, I don't know, probably uh, 10 cards that I had saved up to buy that were like $50 cards, like a, a, a Carl Yastrzemski card or something like that, someone who was before my time. Um, and I had the special super, super thick plastic cases for those, with the, the ones with the screws in them that you actually screw the card in. Yes, sir. We um, we don't like those here. Those those were run cards. You, will they? Oh, we, see, we, didn't that that. we didn't know I, that now. Told me that we didn't know that. I do. I'm gonna go up to my attic now and and uh, undo them all. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> we we were actually joking uh, before like, last week before we got this all locked down. I said we should start a series called "You're Collecting It Wrong" and yeah. <laughs> and do things like don't put cards in screw downs. Okay. What? Well, what? Why? It like flattens the edges or something? So what happens is um, typically. I'll give you a good example. The 1993 uh, Jeter SP card, uh, that's his most expensive rookie card. Um, if you were to put that in a screw down in 93 and try to take that card out today, it would rip the front of the card directly off because of the, oh. of the foil. So it, it, it does horrible things to the cards, and we don't like them around here. Right. Okay. Well, that's good to know. I'm going to go up to my attic when I get home. I'm going to go rescue my, uh, what did I got? I can't I gotta remember. I think I got a Hank Aaron up there. Okay. All right. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So. But yeah, I, mean, I, I was never that. I, I never went as far as to be one of those kids who like went to the shows to sell my cards. I was never like that into the business of it. But I definitely was a pretty obsessive collector. It's uh, there are, there are many different levels here, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's somewhere in between what you just described—an obsessive collector, or the you know the the kid that went and sold his cards, or went to go find cards, or the guy that did it nonchalantly. Most typically, when and this is a running theme here on on the Fat Packs, is when typically when a guy gets out of collecting, it's because a girl. So I'm going to ask you, when you got out of collecting, was it because a girl? No, no, no okay, it was not. all right. I, I, I was out of collecting. I don't know whether this is a statement on uh, on the fact on how young I was uh, when I decided when I lost my interest in collecting. Or how old I was when there was a woman in my life who actually cared, <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but one or the other. I mean, you know, once I got into high school, I would say my I, I still collected, but not as passionately. And by the time I was in college, I wasn't really still collecting at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I certainly can still remember that uh, that feeling of, especially like when you would get a whole box, like that was just like the best. 
sure. to, get, to get a box of cards and just sit there and open up one pack after another after another and sort them and organize them and, um, you know, just like such, you know, getting a great card is just, uh, such a special feeling. So I remember, I remember that and I had my Fleer and I had, I remember when Upper Deck was created. I remember that Ken Griffey Jr. card number one, Upper Deck, you know, like uh, those were definitely all formative collector moments yes sir um you you've hit on all of my childhood memories as well so <laughs> <laughs> congratulations we're the same age yeah exactly <laughs> very nice so uh um, for those who who don't know who are listening you are wildly pop wildly pop popular for the sporkful podcast uh you have uh you're, you're eating it long which we absolutely love and then you were on npr for quite a while as well um, how did you get your start in in radio, and then turn that into uh, into the cooking channel? Yeah, I mean, I always loved listening to the radio. I loved like morning radio comedy shows when I was a kid. Um, and somewhere in college, I, I just sort of decided. Uh, I started off kind of a, a, on a lark. I I won a prize basically in college where I got four hours uh on the, on the college on the local radio station to do with as i pleased and that was really fun i was like wow being on the radio is fun and uh and so that was sort of the first inkling and then my senior year of college i had signed up for internship in politics and this was before the internet was that that evolved so to find an internship you had to go to an office on the campus and go through binders that had actual pieces of paper explaining the different internships okay you know like like the stone ages and I, I still remember sitting in the office, and I'm going through the booklet of internships in politics, and it's like all these very low-level, all this very low-level work for different local politicians, and I'm reading them, and I'm like, this just really all sounds super boring. Uh, and then I look on the shelf, and I see internships in communications. So I pull that binder down, and it's like, intern at this radio show, intern at that radio show, and I was like, this is what I want to be doing. So I changed courses. I said, forget, cancel internship in politics. I'm doing internship in communications. And I started interning at a radio show there in Boston and, um, you know, just got just really fell in love with it. And I just said, this is what I want to do. I want to be on the radio. And, uh, uh, you know, it was a, a bit of a winding path. I did other jobs in media. I wrote for some small newspapers and, you know, I hopped around. But, um, you know, eventually I, I got a job at a place called Air America Radio, which was a progressive talk radio network. I helped launch that. I was with, like, Mark Marin and Al Franken and Rachel Maddow. Uh, from there to NPR, and eventually um, a bunch of shows I worked on got canceled. They kept, everything I worked on kept getting canceled, which is typical in media, but especially typical when I was coming of age because there were so many re recessions, and the Internet was throwing everything for a loop, so it was very tumultuous. And I finally was like, I'm tired of getting laid off. Friends of mine are starting podcasts, and I figured if I have my own podcast, at least no one can cancel it but me. Right. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if it will be successful, but at least I know that it will end on my own terms. Sure, sure, that, that's and important. And so I, so that's what I did, and it was a side project. I mean, this was eight over eight years ago now, way before the podcasting boom. So it was a side project that I did essentially out of my living room with help from friends for years. Um, but over time, it led to some web videos for Slate, which led to Cooking Channel. It led to a book deal. It led to the the podcast getting picked up in public radio, and now I'm at. Uh, a company called Stitcher, which also makes the Stitcher app, and they've been really great to work with, and um, uh, I'll continue to be great to work with. And um, and so it's just it's evolved into a job. You know, when I tell the story that way, it sounds kind of like this miraculous thing. You know, it was 
eight, it's been eight and a half years, so it was a lot of hard work and a lot of a lot of sleepless nights. But um, but it's pretty exciting that it's it's working out as well as it is now. It's a it's a great show. Uh, I highly encourage everybody to go check it out, especially if you're Thank you. if you're a food guy. We're we're not called the Fat Packs for anything around here. Obviously, it's a, <laughs> it's a play on words, but we love our food and uh, I really enjoy it. You mentioned a name. You you said Mark Marin. Did you work directly with Mark? Yeah, yeah. I, I produced his morning show. Uh, it's called Morning Sedition. Brendan McDonald, who's still his producer, me and Brendan produced Mark's uh, Marin's show, and uh, you know, so that's why I've had Marin on the Sporkful a couple times. He's had me on WTF a number of times, mm-hmm. kind of like as a, a fun, yeah, uh, like his buddy coming to hang out for a little bit before he gets to the main guest. Sure, um, sure. So yeah, yeah, we had a lot of fun together. We used to, it was a morning show, so we had to get to work at like three o'clock in the morning. So uh, when you're getting to work at three o'clock in the morning, you have to have fun with the people you're working with, yes. or you will not last long. And uh, we had a lot of fun. Uh, WTF uh, is the just uh, if I if you will the OG of all podcasting. It is it is a, a great show. I've been listening to it for years, and Mark Marin is he just has his finger on the button. And it's it's like him and Corolla. They know what they're doing with the stuff. So uh, my question about Marin, is he as miserable as he appears to be uh, during his stand-up? Because sometimes those things are pretty melancholy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 I don't think it's an act with okay. Mark. Okay. Um, I think that he is who he, I mean, I, look, I think that he, you know, I think it's an interesting thing for any performer. You, you start off. It's funny. In, early in your career, you start off trying to say, well, like, who am I and how do I tap into my true nature and the person I, I really am in order to create some kind of a performance that feels authentic? Because in order for your performance to feel authentic, it has to be connected to a part of, of yourself. So you start off saying, what, what, is the, what, what is the authentic me and how do I tap into that? And then if you're lucky enough to do it for long enough, and do it successfully, people come to know that piece of your, but, but typically like that part of you that you tap into yourself that's authentic, that you translate into performance, is only one part of who you are. It is truly, it's true to you, but it's one part of you that sure. translates well into a performance. And so you, 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 you find a way to tap into that part of yourself to create this performance, and over time you become known for that style of performance and then the thing flips on its head, and then instead of you having to tap into your authentic self to create this persona, it, it's that there's an expectation that you're going to be this way, and you can kind of get a little bit lost in terms of like, well, wait, is this still who I am, or am I playing a character based on myself? Am I really like, or, or am, am I trying too hard to be the person that people expect me to be as opposed to who I really am now? And it can be very difficult because some performers who end up, I think, losing a lot of their magic are the ones who become known for a specific style or, or shtick, and then they feel like they have to keep delivering that over and over again, and it gets old. I follow um, what you're saying. That makes a lot or, of sense. Or, or, or others will, will get so turned off by the persona they create that they go so far in another direction that then it feels phony uh, because they're not, it's not connected to their real selves at all. In Mark's case, I think he has always prided himself on being authentic and on tapping into something that's authentically his. Um, and I think that for the most part, it's real. I mean, I think he understands, that, I think he's smart enough to understand that 
that there's a part of his personality that connects with people, and so he, he's smart enough to know that he needs to deliver that, but I think it's still really him. Um, Makes sense. I'm, and I, I wasn't, I'm sorry, I, that question probably came off a little weird. Um, no, I, no, no. I love I, Mark. So, I think he's great. <laughs> yeah, no, no, but, but, like, but, but I think the most people who love him, part of the reason why they love him and why we all respect his work so much and connect with him is that he um, is very vulnerable in his work, and he yes. shows a side of himself that can be very... It can be dark at times. Like yeah. he, you know, has a dark side to him, and so it's a natural question to ask: is like, is that an actor? Is that really how he is? Um, and I think Mark's a very, you know, I, I, I don't, I think it's been, it's been cool to see Mark emerge as an actor in recent years because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, ten years ago I might have said, I don't know if he, how good of an actor he would be because he can't help but be himself. Sure. Um, but, uh, but it's been exciting to see that clearly he is a really good actor. Right. Um, so, but yeah, no, Mark. Uh, Mark's a really good guy, and um, you know, in spite of his his own personal struggles, like he's always been a good friend. And um, you know, I, I love hanging out and talking food with him. You know, we, we he loves to eat and then feel bad about himself after eating it, after eating whatever it is that we ate together. Um, you know, and and we do a lot of that stuff on the Sporkful podcast. We have comics on all the time. Uh, we, you know, it's like our motto, like you said, our motto is it's not for foodies, it's for eaters. So if you're, you, you know, I don't, re- I'm not someone who cares about the cool chefs or the fancy restaurants at all. I more just love to eat and wanted to do a podcast about that. Um, and so, yeah, so it's, it's good whether we have Mark or someone else, it's usually a good time. Awesome. Um, let's get back to the food. You, yeah. <laughs> you, you can, you can answer, you can solve a problem for us and, uh, you don't know this, but you actually created this problem here in the office. So I'm just going to ask you flat out: Is a hot dog a sandwich? I mean, I'm on record here, yeah. Eric, as you know. Yeah. Uh, I believe that a hot dog is a sandwich. I have identified a two-part test to determine whether any food is a sandwich, and I and I I take as my inspiration the Earl of Sandwich. You know, why <laughs> was the sandwich created? It was created because the Earl of Sandwich wanted to be able to pick up his dinner and eat it with his hands. Right. And back then, dinner was like a giant hunk of meat, and you'd have a fork and a knife, and there'd be some bread on the side. And he said, you know, if I just put this meat between these two pieces of bread, then I can pick it up and eat it with my hands, and I can walk around, and I can, uh, you know, depending on who you believe, he either had a gambling addiction or he was running the Royal Navy. It's unclear, but the point is he was a busy man, and he needed to eat, you know, he didn't want to sit at the table to eat anymore. And so the first rule to me of, of the definition of a sandwich is that you have to be able to pick it up and eat it with your hands without your hands touching the fillings. Yes. Now, if it's a little bit messy, uh, you know, like it could be a, it could be a poorly made sandwich and still be a sandwich, or it could be a messy sandwich and still be a sandwich, but the intent and the basic goal has to be you can pick it up and eat it without your hands touching the fillings. And then the second is that the fillings must be sandwiched. Yes. They must, they must be sandwiched between two discrete food items. They don't have to be bread. It doesn't have to be bread. Um, but for this reason, I believe that an open-faced sandwich is not a sandwich. Um, the reason why I think a hot dog is a sandwich, um, clearly you can pick it up and eat it without your hands touching the fillings. Um, and clearly the, I think the hot dog is sandwiched. Now, the only gray area is, is a hot dog bun two discrete pieces of, of encasement? Mm-hmm. And, and I believe that the hinge-shaped, hinge-shaped bun counts because... Like think about a meatball sub on a on a hinge shape a hinged bun uh, a V shaped bun and a meatball sub that's a sandwich. No one's gonna you know try to tell me that a meatball sub is not a sandwich, right? Right. 
So if you take out the meatballs and put in a hot dog, how is that not a sandwich? I think that the hinged bun counts because if you sever the hinge, it you know to to make it two separate pieces of bread, um, it's still fundamentally a hot dog. It still basically holds together. It might get a little messy, but you ha- you still have a hot dog. If you take a taco and sever the hinge on a taco, it ceases to be a taco. Yeah. And that is why a taco is not a sandwich. It it ceases. Uh, it, it will disintegrate. And so I believe that a hot dog is a sandwich for those reasons. I 100% completely agree with you. And if you break the hinge Thank on a you. taco, it just becomes a tostada. So it's still delicious. Right, right. <laughs> and, and my definition is not commenting on, on the quality of the food. You know, that's one of the things exactly. people get upset about. Like I've said that like a burrito is a wrap. And people who love burritos get upset because they think of like crappy American sandwich wraps, like a turkey and cheddar wrap that you get at the airport. And they're sure. like, that's that's bad and burritos are good. So don't insult burritos by calling them wraps. And it's like, I'm not insulting them. I'm, I'm just talking about structure. It's not about ingredients. Like, yes, most burritos are better than most American sandwich wraps. No question. But, um, but that doesn't mean that they're not all wraps at the end of the day. That's, uh, we agree. We're on the same page. We're on the same good, page. Good. I'm uh, glad. Um, let me ask you this. What's been, do you just sit around and, and like think of this crazy stuff? Because you, you, you have the sandwich, you have uh, the popcorn buttering, how to po- butter popcorn properly. Are you, just, are you a mad scientist in disguise? I mean, I, 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 I do have a generally sort of obsessive personality. Like I'm always trying to look for ways to improve things. So I'm always seeing problems in different things. And like, oh, it would be better if it worked this way. Um, you know, so, so that is definitely part of my personality. And a lot of these ideas are things that... You know, friends of mine long ago got tired of hearing me rant about, uh, you know, the best way to eat this or that food or the problem with this or that. They're like, they can't believe that I turned this into a job, you know. Sure. <laughs> this is, when I tell my wife what I do, she's like, you're going to have to get a real job one day. You know? Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's it's fun to to watch you work, man. Uh, we we enjoy you in in my home, and it's been a real pleasure having you on here. Uh, before I let you go, though, I want to ask you about one of your uh, more recent episodes of um, Sporkful. Was we're big Star Wars fans here, so you had a how to use the Force to stir risotto. That was a great episode. Thanks. Um, big 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 Star Wars guys around here. Uh, it sounded like you the whole panel there that you had on the show was all Star Wars people. How do you get so intricate? of coming up with the good guys, the, only the good guys eat food in Star Wars and none of the bad guys do. And then there's the whole Jabba the Hutt, Jabba the Hutt frog thing. But, I mean, where do you guys come up with that? Yeah, that, I, I, I think that actually popped into my head while we were in the middle of conversation. You know, I don't know that I had even planned. Oh, no, maybe, maybe I thought of that beforehand. It's just a matter of, like, you know, before I tape any show or tape an interview, I, I, I like to try to I'll, I'll engage with the related work, whether it's someone's book or their uh, a movie or a, or a song or food or whatever it is. I always want to try to engage with it. But then I also try to, like, spend time kind of just reflecting. You know, like I like to have time before taping to just kind of daydream on the subject and um, put on my headphones and stare into space for a half an hour. Sure, sure. And, you know, it's important to have that time. And, and when you think about it, you know, like, like I started just thinking, like, how is food used in Star Wars? And, you know, is there a pattern? That's what I started thinking. Like, is there a pattern? And I thought about you know, different patterns that could exist. And I was like, well, I wonder, is there a difference in the way the good guys and the bad guys eat? And then I'm trying to, I started trying to think of times that I saw the bad guys eat, and I couldn't think of one. And, and I, it just occurred to me in preparation for this episode, 
thinking about all the all the most well known food scenes in the Star Wars movies, they all involve the good guys. And so I was like, well, that that seems interesting. Why might that be? So we discussed that a little bit, and I was like, and I think we sort of landed on the theory. Well, like, well, maybe it's because it, you know, when you see people eat, it kind of it humanizes them, or or, or I mean, I guess some of the some of the people some of the characters who eat in Star Wars aren't humans. Um, but it, it, it makes them feel more, uh, relatable and, and makes it easier to root for them. Whereas the bad guys all sort of seem, seem like these cruel, cold, uh, unfeeling people or, or beasts. Uh, so you never see them eat. So it never makes them, they never seem as, as, uh, as a result. So you, so you don't feel bad when they get killed. Yeah. And that, that's, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, it was a great episode. Um, Thanks. It, I've been again. I've been trying to catch up on your podcast uh, all morning, actually. And you guys have something great new called Ask Mimi. Can you tell us about Ask Mimi? Yeah, Ask Mimi is a new spinoff podcast that we created. Um, it's on Stitcher Premium. Uh, if you if you get that, we have one of the one of the episodes featured in the Sporkful uh, a couple weeks ago. It's an advice show. Uh, starring this woman Mimi Sheridan, she's a legend. She's been, been a food critic for sixty plus years. She just turned ninety two. She is full of opinions. And Ask Mimi is an advice show where we go, say it's taped live on stage. We take calls, uh, all relationship advice, and all different kinds of advice that people want. We have celebrities, comedians come by. People like Mo Rocca, Sashir Zameda from Saturday Night Live. They come to Ask Mimi for advice, and um, and it's just a ton of fun. And and Mimi is she's amazing. She's just totally such a badass um so listen to it for mimi for sure and i i will wholeheartedly get behind everything you just said uh i checked it out this morning i'd never heard of her and now i'm just i gotta find everything she's ever done it's it's amazing yeah. uh she's funny uh she's witty she's quick-witted at 92 she's she's very quick for a lady of her age and i think it's a beautiful thing and i really enjoyed it man it was a, it was a job well done by both of you Thanks. Yeah, yeah. If you check out that, there's one episode in the Sporkful feeds. If people just check out the Sporkful, um, you'll see there's one called the Sporkful Presents Ask Mimi. You can mm-hmm. check it out there. Please, yeah, guys, go go do that. I know that there are a ton of our listeners who are uh, who love food just like we do. So it's well worth it. Please go do it. And uh, let's wrap let's, let's wrap this up. Um, where can or first of all, I know you got a book, so tell us where we can find your book, and then uh, on your social media, where can we find you on social media as well? Oh yeah, uh, the book is called Eat More Better. You can get it anywhere you get books. Um, social media, I'm, I'm uh, at the Sporkful on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. So uh, you know, you find me there. Uh, connect, um, you know, most of all, if you can, uh, subscribe to the podcast, please. Yeah, go. Uh, you can find our podcast on Stitcher as well. So if you're on Stitcher listening to us right now, just search Sporkful on Stitcher and go find them and, and hit that subscribe button so you can uh, get that in your feed immediately. I promise you it's well worth it. It's well worth your time. Uh, there Dan, you go. Dan, thank you very much for joining us today. And if you don't have any party, party shots, like a Go Cubs or anything like that, we'll let you out of here, bud. Uh, hmm. Let's get some runs. Let's get some runs. All right. Uh, <laughs> Hi, this is Matt Salmon, host of the Wax Ecstatic Podcast. You are listening to Beckett Radio. And hey, make sure you've got fat packs for everybody. All right, guys. Dan Passion. That was uh, my third favorite uh, interview that I did in 2018. I really appreciate Dan coming on. That was uh, hooked up by our former uh, our former guy here at Beckett, Mr. John Finkel, who is on one of the largest podcasts podcast out there uh the life of dad podcast he is a co-host there oh so. that's humongous yeah i know uh, okay yeah i know about um that. Okay. 
So thanks to John for hooking that up. We really appreciate it. Awesome. Passion was a lot of fun to talk to. Again, he hosts Sporkful. And you're eating it wrong. So uh, definitely go check those out. Yeah, they don't need our help, but definitely go check them out either way. <laughs> exactly. Uh, just a little bit of housekeeping, guys. Uh, just want to go ahead and send out a huge fat packs congratulations to the at Twitter at the Dingo Dude. Uh, he was the grand prize winner of the 12 Days of Ultra Pro. Uh, hopefully, he's checked his email and saw his grand prize. Um, just as a general reminder, um, iTunes reviews definitely help us out quite considerably. So uh, if you go to iTunes. Um, and give us a five-star review. We would greatly appreciate it. We're not going to give you anything for it because that's illegal, but, you know, we would definitely appreciate that. So give us a five-star review on iTunes. And, Eric, you also recently uh, sent me a little screenshot. We are on the Google Play Store. Finally. Now, <laughs> so, ideally, you can go on your Android device uh, because, you know, a lot of you have those for whatever reason. But uh, hey, 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 hey. Hey, man. Um, and you can uh, search Fat Packs on the Google Play Store or the Podcast Store. Um, you can now pretty much get the podcast anywhere you like. So um, make sure you also give us a five-star review on there as well. Working on Spotify, too. Spotify's a tricky, tricky little baby. It is. It really is. All right, but that's enough of that. We're going to bring in our special guest. He's he's been an intern here at the Beckett offices for a few months now. Yes. He is, uh, he wants, he wants to be a sports marketing major. Is that right? Yeah, sports marketing, or sports broadcaster. Sports Sports broadcaster. Yeah. So uh, here we go. It's ProBot, right? Yeah, there you go. You got Pro it. Bot. Robots. We were. I, we totally butchered his name earlier. Uh, sorry about that, sir. No, it's so, it like ten times. But uh, just tell us a little. Introduce yourself. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about uh, why you're here, and uh, what you want to do when you grow up. Okay, cool. So originally, uh, coming into my senior year, there's a class called sports management, mm-hmm. and knowing like how competitive it is to go into the sports field. Because when you go into, when you get out of college, getting into a sports profession, it's mm-hmm. so hard to get into. Correct. So I'm trying to get any leg up I can before I get out of college. And he came to the Fat Fat Packs. Yeah. Very cool, very yeah. cool. Yeah, and uh, so like we chose, uh, we had places to choose from, and I chose Beckett because Beckett had this podcast. Sure. They do media stuff, and it was the best fit, so I thought coming here, I could learn that stuff, and so far, like, I've loved Beckett. The people here are so nice, and got a cool Fat Packs podcast, so. You hear that, awesome. the hobby? <laughs> Yeah. People in the hobby don't think that we're nice sometimes. We are so nice. But that's okay. We're the nicest people on the internet. That's okay. Um, all right, so, man, you're here. You're, you're hanging yeah. out with us. You're yes. on the show. I'm, I'm thank, <clears throat> thankful that you're here and you're, yeah. you're, you're willing to come on the show. Just jump in here. Um, yeah, what thank you for having me. You know, no yeah. problem. Now, this is a collectible podcast, so i got to ask, did you collect anything growing up as, as a kid? Did you have, hot, I don't know, Hot Wheels, yeah. baseball cards? What do you got? Hot Wheels. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, Hot Wheels was a good, like, two-month stint, and then okay. I just, just <laughs> went away. But, um... Pokemon cards. I was literally about yeah. to just say, I yeah. bet you collected Pokemon cards because everyone did. That's his age group. I right? loved yeah. Pokemon cards. I don't know if you guys are like ever into Pokemon at once. You well, are, yeah. I'm an adult. Absolutely, <laughs> Captain Eldar. Don't don't listen to him. Don't listen to Eric. He, yeah, he, I had this one little <laughs> card about Mudkip or something, and Mudkip. I loved him. I'd go to my friend's house. We'd go have our Pokemon battles, and I mean, I, it, I, it was a fun time. I, I don't I don't, don't want to be a braggart. Okay, I have the uh, first edition, the original Charizard. Wow! At the uh, episode, yeah, so okay. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. All right, ladies. Yeah. Now that we can talk about now that's, that's done. We can talk about real stuff. Um, <laughs> just messing with you guys. All right. So uh, before we we jumped on air here, yeah, I brought up a story that it, it's all over the hobby. You can't miss it. It's the Mark Jackson. Uh, 19, this, is, this is an oddball. Ninety ninety one hoops uh, card that has just taken off over the last well, about a week. You, when I when I told you what it was, both of you looked at me in awe because you had no idea. It was a ten cent card. Yeah, what I was talking about. Right. Yeah. Who who Mark Jackson? Was? Well, you knew who Mark Jackson was. Yeah, he's a Golden State Warriors coach, and now he's 
broadcasting. And, well, he uh, had an amazing he had an amazing career. He yeah. was he was a really good solid player. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but you, so you had you had that part of it. Yeah. And, but who you really and I understand because you're both younger than me. You didn't know who the Melendez brothers were. Right, so this was I had to educate you a little bit. Oh, I, I, I found out very quickly who they were. <laughs> so uh, I know that I know that the hobby out there, you're all aware of what what has gone on with this card. The Melendez brothers are a very infamous duo who uh, murdered their parents, slayed them. Yeah, murdered slayed their them. parents Bad. and uh, went on a spending spree mm-hmm. before they were actually arrested. So this card in the background of it, you can see the Menendez brothers in the back. Just kind of casually attending a Knicks game paid for by their parents' fortune. Right. Exactly. Beautiful. Beautiful. Exactly. So, um, my, my, not knowing basketball and not knowing who the Molinas brothers were, my question to you, what do you think when you see... Because this is, this is one of those things where the odd and the macabre comes into play where people collect and look that keep that kind of stuff. Yeah. Th- this was brought forward by a Reddit user. But what do you think when people say, hey, oh, I, I want to collect this, like... I'll go to the ex- extreme here. I want to collect Adolf Hitler stuff because... Well, there's some pretty freaky collectors out there. Yeah, we both know that. Exactly. But, but this one is interesting because um, I would imagine how the fact that they are convicted murderers would affect their resale value. Because like you told me earlier, eBay is taking the listing off because right. they're because you can't sell murderer right. um, memorabilia. But with that being said, there's also... There's like, also Hitler there's and Hitler stuff, stuff like that, and, right. Yeah, Ted Bundy and... There's that kind of stuff yeah. that you can find on there. That's and I also brought up the point that pe- people were complaining, well, what about O.J. Simpson? What about Aaron Hernandez? What about Rick they Ruth? Yeah. They were never convicted exactly. of murder. Right, so it's a little uh, different. Yeah, e- with even Aaron Hernandez, who was convicted of murder, who he committed suicide. So his his suicide. conviction no- voided the conviction right. because he never got to... Yeah, so, yeah all exactly. Right. So, um so, would, so let me ask you this: Would you would you would you buy this card? Would I buy it? Let's take. I guess we could take ethics out of the equation here. But would you own it just to be like? I wonder where. Wonder what this card's gonna look like in twenty years or so. Here's the thing: I own that card. Huh? Like, I I own that card. Oh, but here's I, like, I, didn't, I didn't seek it out. It, it's a common. Right? Yeah, it's a common it's card. A common. I didn't seek it out. I've had it for you know twenty years. Yeah, and it's not anything that I'm like. Even at the height over the weekend when they were selling for. 25 30 40 bucks sometimes right i didn't i wasn't gonna list it i don't yeah. i don't need I don't. well i mean if it was like 50 grand it's a whole different story but yeah no like 30 this is bucks. such a big story though that it crossed over to fox news and it was on the home page of fox news so i mean this is just where our our hobby crosses into mainstream it's kind of cool and it's kind of cool but at the same time it's weird and macabre and it's a little bit strange and, it's a little dark yeah a little, a little dark. dark yeah i want cool. I, I wonder who found that was someone just like, just staring, just at their yeah. card, or I, mean, I guess th- so. Maybe. They don't else. look recognizable. That is a bl- that is a blurry image, and also the guy on the left looks like Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. So it doesn't really. I wouldn't have ever know. Here's the thing, and I saw this over the weekend, and it kind of, kind of pissed me off. What? Uh, somebody on a forum somewhere said that Oh Beckett wrote this so they could drive hey, the price of this oh, card wow. up. Come on. And I'm like, really? That's some insider crap. No. That that's no ridiculous. We we're not gonna we don't care. No. We don't care. Anyways, that's that. Um, it's weird. I just kind of wanted to get your guys' thoughts on it. Especially, mm. what about you, man? You, you're How old are you? I'm 18. You're 18 years old. Yeah, okay. Or 18 and six days. Okay, you, yeah. you've never seen Mark Jackson play. No, no. And you definitely don't know who the Melendez brothers are. Not until, until today. Not until today. Yeah. 
What what do you think about it? What do you, you think it's just an overreaction or Well, speaking for like my age, I don't know why kids of my age are always drawn to like controversy. Sure. They love to just seek mm-hmm. out things that they can get big off of like news or whatever. Right. And so like I don't know how like adults probably perceive this, but like when I can say like for kids, they see something like this and they always like try and make something funny out of it. Yeah. And like they also love money too. I mean, a lot of kids you see now working for this, so like yeah. when you get a resale value of like nineteen dollars and ninety cents it's like yeah it's a huge difference twenty dollars now so i feel like when kids see stuff like this the controversy like it gives them some kind of excitement and they just have to jump on it and feel and get you know what i'm saying like right right they feel like controversy like fuels them and it's so weird because i've never understood it never understood it twitter's just like people complaining that's it yeah twitter's toxic in and of itself what kind of outrage is there on this is there a genuine outrage you think or because it, it's who, kind of who would you blame? It's split, you know. Um, those of us, those of us who have been in the hobby, you know, since the mid mid eighties, even before then. Yeah, anybody this that is, collects horror. Yeah, this is commonplace. This is stupid. I mean, it's. Um, <laughs> I, I don't mean to sound like. Yeah. If you look at Hank Aaron's and, and Ryan Cracknell did a great great job uh, on the piece that he wrote earlier about this earlier this week about this. You look at Hank Aaron's card. Willie Mays is in the background. It's fine. If you look at so there's a 19 uh, was it 94 95 pinnacle hockey card of uh, Sylvie Tergeron and it has Patrick Kane in the background he's sitting on the ice he's six years old and he's excited and it's awesome right yeah this is I mean car, people in the you background of cards is, is nobody to blame uh, it's, me, it's just it's just the people who are fascinated with again the weird the macabre the, that yeah. kind of, they're they're gonna seek let this them out own it. that's 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 totally fine I I think that anybody's personal collection is is not up to judgment whatsoever. yeah yeah unless you're collecting. Really horrible strange. things. Yeah, horrible yeah. things. Well, All right. Shrunken uh, heads and, and such. Yeah, don't do that. Don't be a witch, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll move on here. And we're going to go to, uh, before we wrap up this show, Google has released their top their top search terms of 2018. So, so which one stood out to you guys immediately off this list? Uh, I think there are some, actually, surprising a lot. ones. Some surprising there ones. There are some surprising ones. I want to go straight to the athletes, okay. if you don't mind. Um. I know that you have... Do you want me to list them really quick? Like no. You, okay, that's fine. We'll, we'll this way. Okay. I know that you have have it up in front of you, but just... You probably do. Do you know who Tristan Thompson yeah, is? Yeah, yeah. Do you cast. know who Tristan Thompson is? Exactly. Yeah. But because oh. <laughs> because Tristan Thompson is associated Some Kardashian with the Kardashian, oh. he is immediately mm. shot to the top. There's only one other Cl- Kardashian on here, and it's Chloe on number five after Logan Paul, Sylvester Stallone, and uh, Demi Lovato. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I so know about Khabib Nurmagomedov and Sean White. That, but those are the only two names I recognize. Okay, so Sean White. Do you know why Sean White's on this list? I don't know why he's. I don't know why he's relevant again. Because well, one, it's an Olympic year. Okay, so okay. He, but he wore some. He wore some apparently racist hey, okay. costume oh like when when he was younger, and now it's uh-huh. everything so, on here. Everybody and every topic on here besides Sylvester Stallone mm-hmm. is either about death or controversy. All right, so yeah. <laughs> I see this trend That's all the saying. time. People get dug up from their past. Like, yeah, you guys know uh, tr- not Trey Young. It's Kyler Murray. He just won the Heisman. Mm-hmm. People are getting mad at him for something he tweeted when he's like fourteen. Yeah, same and thing this, with Kevin Hart. This yeah, yeah, this, Kevin Hart, yeah. Yeah. this trend is like crazy. I don't get it. I don't know how people are gonna. James Gunn, the director of the Guardians of the exactly. Galaxy series, yeah. he got ousted by Disney, and it's like Disney. Hey, remember what you did in the forties? Exactly. It's remember happening all the time. <laughs> yeah. So remember Gustavo Donald Duck, get out of here. <laughs> this is all right, but I want what I want to really go to are yeah. just the searches. 
Sure. Number one is the World Cup. That makes total and perfect sense. Yeah. Right. Because of how big that event is. That's right. A massive event. So, uh, and and soccer is no matter how us Americans want to look at it, soccer is the world's sport. It's a, yeah. You're right. Know? So absolutely. Uh, the World Cup is the number one. Number two is a, is surprising to me. I believe he is a DJ, right? Yeah. I, I'd like I'd like to I'd like to comment on this. Okay, so something on. you didn't know about me is for like three or four years I was a DJ. Okay. Like from like eighteen years old, like twenty two years old, and Avicii, he was. The guy. Back in 2011 through 2012, he would collaborate with a lot of different artists and stuff, and he made some bangers. Okay. Like, he made some amazing works of music, and stuff that if I were to play it for you right now, you'd be like, oh, I know that song. Sure. Yeah, you know, he was big on the charts, and he actually, um, he was having health problems relatively early in life. Uh, I want to say in, like, his early, early 30s, like 30, okay. 30, 32, and he, he passed away uh, way earlier this year, and uh, he was he was very generously missed by the entire community. Sure, yeah. Oh, well, I understand. I understand that. Uh, it just it just goes to show you how how famous he was. And it's then crazy. right behind that is Matt is Mac Miller. Um, I don't know if you listen yeah, to Mac Miller a, music. That but was a uh, I I have listened to Mac Miller before, and um, I know that his suicide has or not his suicide. I'm sorry, his overdose. Uh, overdose. Yeah, yeah, his yeah. overdose um, led to a lot. It infected the industry in a lot of different ways. Yeah, he um like. There's a few songs that of Mac Miller's like Donald right. Trump and uh, Best Day Ever. I, Best Day Ever, come on. Yeah, you're right. That's so classic. like those are I don't I don't like I'm instantly drawn to this. The first I'm, this is the honest honest guy I have a, I have a good friend who whose name is Joshua Kurth. He lives in Washington. We work for the Mariners together. He's now he's the manager of a shoe store or something like that. Okay. He's, he's Al Bundy. Okay. So uh, oh my. <laughs> so but like. Honest to God, drop a Mary with children. He, I did. He looks exactly like Mac Miller. Like it's uncanny. Oh, really? Yes. So when when Mac Miller overdosed, yeah, I sent him a message of like, dude, did you die or is this really Mac Miller? Oh no, <laughs> I love that. I, dark humor. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Uh, number four on this list, most searched uh, terms of uh, Google 2018. Another, another Stan Lee. How this. How this is not higher, and I understand that this just happened, and the fact that it just happened and it's number four on the list. I find it really strange that yeah. Vici had more search queries yeah. than Stanley. That's really that was a cultural ridiculous. passing. Yeah, it was. Avicii, it was. No, I love Avicii, but not sure. You know, he wasn't sure. influential to like millions of billions of people. Right, and it's fine. Yeah. Now, Mar- uh, yeah, Marvel yeah. is like. It's everywhere. I have cousins in India. Mm-hmm. That's our number five. Uh, yeah, yeah. And like, so, so when Stan Lee died, the moment it happened, he texts me and then is like, obviously not in English because, you know, right. he doesn't speak English. But he's like, oh, did you just hear Stan Lee died? Like, sure. he, it's yeah, not it's just everywhere. America. Like, everywhere you go, like, they have these dubs mm-hmm. and for Infinity War, he watched in Hindi. Right. And it's just like, you you never really like realize like until you get like the full picture. He right. was so the Marvel Universe big. is huge in China. Yeah. yeah, that's where they make most of their money. Yeah, and that that goes right into number five, yep. Black Panther. Um, mm-hmm. th- if there that was movie a, was humongous. If there was a bigger movie this year than Black Panther, I don't know what it is. It's not. Dude, that movie was huge. Yeah, it grossed a, every week. I would see something like Black Panther passes this benchmark. Black Panther passes this benchmark. It made like a, well over a billion dollars. Sure. So good job, Chadwick Boseman, on that page. Yeah. My God. I, I, I saw, you know, mean tweets from Jimmy Kimmel? Jimmy Kimmel, yes. So yeah, Chadwick was on there on mean tweets, and it said, <laughs> uh, how is the baddest dude, the baddest dude in all, in all the I world, got a, got a white name like Chadwick? Chadwick, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very, I saw that one. Yeah. I saw that one. That was funny. Have you heard him talk? It's really, yeah. he just talks like a normal person, but sure. it's really weird because I, all I can hear is that, welcome to Wakanda. Like, oh, that's all I hear. Sure. 
Sure. But yeah, so um, that was the top five searches. So we brought those up because Stanley and Black Panther, obviously huge in the collecting world. Yeah, you know they had their huge impact, and the World Cup. Yeah, all had their all have their impacts in the collecting world. Absolutely, so, absolutely, uh, absolutely cool. There's a couple other uh, other categories here that I, that one I did want to hit on was actors. Sylvester Stallone was number what one. What a weird one off. That's weird. Of all people, why? I don't, I mean, he was in Creed 2, but I'm sorry, but Creed 2 doesn't compare to something like Black Panther. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why. Why do people love Sylvester Stallone this much in 2018? Maybe because of the... Was there like a fake death thing? No, I don't think so, but uh, go like maybe the connection between Rocky and Creed, and um, I don't know. That franchise but, isn't that big, man. It's, it's, come on. It's not nowadays. Know, please. You think so? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Tremendous. Okay, fair enough, man. Rocky, the, fr- the original Rocky is like regarded as one of the best movies no, ever. No, I know that, but I mean like in pop culture. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely, man. Rocky Four is a freaking amazing bit of film. That's and it's true. a Christmas movie. Yeah, I second that. That's true. Movie. That's true. He's in the log cabin, and he's with the he's working out in the yeah. snow. But it's in Russia. Yeah. Uh, so we'll run down the rest of the actors, not to go deep into them because we got to get to lunch. Yeah. But uh, Logan Paul, Pete Davidson, who just recently came out with, uh, um, he's you know battling depression and bullying, and and you know he wants yeah. to make his yep. uh, name known. And Bill Cosby for uh, not so great reasons. Not for acting purposes. Yeah. Rotten jail, please. Yeah, and then the last name I don't know this name Noah Centineo. Got me. I, do you know it? I do. Okay, who is Noah? This is uh like a fangirl type of guy. Like girls at my age, they're like all over this kid. He is. He's on some Netflix show. I don't know. I don't even know the show, but he's like a good-looking guy, and all these girls are just like Robert Pattinson in, from Twilight, yeah. kind of like they're, that phenomenon. Mm-hmm, they're all sparkly. They're all just <laughs> yeah. into him. He's got the hair and the looks, and something about that show. It's let me see. Let me see. Crazy. All right, I'm gonna let, let's see. He looks like a Jonas brother, and he is in Dumplin', the new Netflix show about the pageant thing. I don't I've never heard about that. I don't that. know. I don't. I know just what see it, it on Netflix. I think the show is called To. To my dearest boyfriends, or something like that. Oh, to all the boys I've loved before. Yeah. You probably heard about there. that one, Eric. No, nope, never, never. No. Nope. Okay. To all the boys well, I've loved before. That's the one. <laughs> Eric's old. Yeah, I'm <laughs> old. No, I don't care. All right, that's that, man. Uh, that was the 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 terms we wanted to talk about. Yep. That was a lot, a lot of fun. All right, man. Uh, what are you What are you gonna do, man? What probot probot? What are you Bot. gonna do? Yeah, there you go. What are you gonna do? So you're gonna go to Syracuse? Yeah, I want to go to Syracuse. They have such a good broadcast school over there, so I think it. It's the only place that I want to go. All right. So where can uh, where can my f- my listeners, our listeners, follow you at on Twitter? Oh, okay. So uh, we were talking about some basketball earlier. Yeah. So my name, one of my friends gave me a nickname, Hakeem underscore, and then my name Prabot. Hakeem Probot. Yeah. Uh, Hakeem, Hakeem underscore Probot. Yeah. Go give him a follow, guys. He's a good kid. He's he's <laughs> he's been working hard around here at the Beckett offices, and he has a Thank dream you. to one day be the Sunday night football analyst. Is that right? That's the dream. Yeah, I want to start NBA because I know like getting there is hard, but like sure. start NBA maybe a couple years and then get to Sunday night football and then. Been here a while, right? Four months, three months, something like that. Yeah, yeah, long time. Nice, nice, awesome. All right, well, congratulations. uh, On a successful internship, you've done really good, uh, and and we'll see you around the office. But until next week, guys, just keep listening. Cue that drip.